Hello and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders historian and columnist, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, the complete story of New York's greatest modern sports rivalry, which discusses the history of the Islanders-Rangers rivalry from 1972 up until the present day. It's great to be with you here on the second episode or complete episode of the Islanders podcast. Today's show, we have a lot to get to. We will be previewing tonight's game against the Ottawa Senators at the Barclays Center, and that'll be the first game the Islanders play this season in Brooklyn. In fact, all three games the Islanders are playing this week will be at the Barclays Center. We will also look at a milestone for Cal Clutterbuck, Someone who, you know, maybe you don't expect to reach a milestone like he's reaching. We'll talk about his career and why he's been able to reach this important milestone. And we'll, of course, take a look at this date in Islanders history and examine a little bit more about the Islanders' nine-game win streak and why they've been so successful lately. So first, Cal Clutterbuck playing in his 800th NHL game this past Saturday when the Islanders beat the Buffalo Sabres 1-0 in Buffalo. And look, it is unusual for a fourth-line player like Cal Clutterbuck to play in 800 NHL games. You look at the career of Cal Clutterbuck, he has spent most of his NHL career on fourth lines, he has never scored more than 19 goals and 34 points in a season, and that goes back to 2010-2011 when he played for the Minnesota Wild. That was his first NHL team, and yet, despite his lack of offensive prowess, Cal Clutterbuck has proven himself to be an extremely valuable player, both for the Wild and for the Islanders. He's not going to pick up a lot of minutes. You're not going to see Cal Clutterbuck on the ice for 20, 22 minutes at a game, but I'll tell you something. He is the kind of player who, number one, sets the tone for his team in a lot of games, and anyone who has watched the New York Islanders in recent years knows how important that fourth line has been to this team. When the fourth line is clicking, this team has more energy, they have more spirit, they're more physical, they create turnovers, and they really sort of set the tone for the other lines and allow them to have more room on the ice and to play better hockey. And the fourth line also, you know, they're physical, they can take something out of the opponent, and Cal Clutterbuck is one of those players who is always involved in the physical side of the game. He's a solid defensive player, and he's capable of pitching in the odd goal now and again. And the thing about Clutterbuck, he really does help his team because many of the goals he scores tend to be clutch goals. So, you know, sometimes it's not just how many you score, but when you score them. And Cal Clutterbuck has a tendency to come up with important goals for his team. 
Clutterbuck joined the Islanders back in 2013-2014. He's had two seasons with more than 10 goals for the Islanders. In 2013-2014, he scored 12 goals in 73 games. His most productive season as an Islander in 2015-2016, when he had a Cy Young performance, 15 goals, 8 assists, 23 points. The amazing thing uh, that you may not know about Cal Clutterbuck, you know, you you think about his reputation as being a physical player, and yet Cal Clutterbuck has only gone over 100 penalty minutes in a season once in his NHL career. That came with the Minnesota Wild back in 2011-2012 when he had 103. And the thing is, Clutterbuck is not the kind of player who takes a lot of foolish penalties. The most penalty minutes he ever had in a season with the Islanders was 60, and that came back in 2014-2015 in 76 games. The other thing about Clutterbuck, he is a leader. And if you've ever been in the Islanders locker room, the young players and even the experienced veterans really respect Cal Clutterbuck. He is an honest, hardworking, physical hockey player, And he's the kind of guy who stands up for his teammates, who comes to play, and who really earns the respect of teammates and foes alike. Now, Clutterbuck is 31 years old, although he'll be 32 in 13 days. So he's approaching his 32nd birthday. And look, here is a guy who has overcome a lot of injuries. I mean, this past offseason, for example... Clutterbuck had back surgery to repair nerve damage and uh, and a few other issues. And before the surgery, some people were questioning whether or not he'd be able to continue his hockey career. And yet, here he is picking up that milestone 800th game and looking forward, if he can, uh, to reaching the 1,000-game mark. The beautiful thing, you know, the surgery being successful and all, Cal Clutterbuck has played in all 13 Islanders games thus far this season. And, you know, we talked about his leadership. There's a reason that Cal Clutterbuck is an alternate captain on this team. He is, you know, again, the kind of guy that his teammates look up to. In 800 NHL games, his career numbers, 117 goals, 114 assists, and 610 penalty minutes. He's originally a third-round draft choice of the Minnesota Wild back in 2006. But here's the thing. You go back in time, and there were, you know, fourth-line players used to be guys who would play four or five minutes a game, drop the gloves occasionally, and, and spend some time in the penalty box. You can't do that anymore in 2019. Nowadays, even a fourth-line player has to be able to skate well enough to, to be of value to his team, not just in the penalty box, but playing hockey. And and there's no question that Cal Clutterbuck meets that criteria. He is a valuable contributor. He can move up to the third line if need be. Again, score the odd goal, and he's great in the locker room. Cal Clutterbuck, 800 games. His quote, uh, basically, about it is, you kind of realize how much time has really gone by looking in the rear view mirror, and uh, he is hoping to reach that magical 1,000 game mark. 
He has two more years after this year left on his five-year contract, and Clutterbuck is hoping uh, to be able to reach that magical 1,000-game milestone. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code LOCKEDON. Welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. I'm your host, Gil Martin, and it's great to be with you here today again to talk all things Islanders. It's time for us to take a look back at this date in Islanders history. Two games we're going to look at in the long history of the New York Islanders. Let's go to the earlier one first. We're going to take you all the way back to November 5th, 1983. The Islanders were, of course, the four-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And on November 5th, 1983, the Islanders blanked the Buffalo Sabres at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum by a score of four to nothing. The Islanders getting the win, beating goalie Bob Sove four times. Goals for Mike Bossy, Greg Gilbert, Dennis Potvan, and John Tanelli. Brian Trottier with a pair of assists. Tanelli a goal and two assists on the game. And the Islanders getting a shutout that night from Hall of Famer Billy Smith, who uh, turned away 25 shots to earn the victory for the Islanders. Meanwhile, on this date in 1988, that's November 5th, 1988, Pat LaFontaine scores 10 seconds into overtime to give the Islanders a 4-3 victory over the Washington Capitals. Again, the game at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Brian Trottier, David Volick, and Randy Wood, the other Islanders goal scorers, Greg Gilbert, had a pair of assists for the Islanders, uh, and LaFontaine ends up beating Clint Malerchuk of the Capitals in order to score that winning goal just 10 seconds into overtime. Kelly Rudy makes 34 saves as the Capitals peppered him with 37 shots, but it wasn't enough on this night as the Islanders come away with a 4-3 overtime win, and that improved their record at that point to five, seven, and one. So some good memories on this date in Islanders history. Let's talk a little bit more about why the Islanders are winning. And on yesterday's show, we discussed more or less, you know, the defensive play and the goaltending that the team is getting. Well, here's another reason that the Islanders are doing so well. It's balanced scoring. You know, up until recently when John Tavares was the captain two years ago and before that, you know, they relied a lot on one player. They relied on John Tavares to score big goals, and maybe that left the team a little unbalanced, and you don't see that now. If you look at the Islanders right now, they're getting scoring from a lot of different players across the board. We talked a little bit also yesterday how Saturday's game against Buffalo was the first game in which a defenseman did not get at least one point. But now let's look at the goal scoring. Matthew Barzal leads the team with six goals right now, but Josh Bailey has five. Anders Lee 
has five. Derek Brassard has five. Then Brock Nelson is right behind them with four. And then you have a bunch of players right now with two. Bovillier, uh, Devin Toes, uh, Nick Letty, Ryan Pulak, and Matt Martin, who's out with injuries. All of them have two goals. But you see that here is a team that has basically been able to get offensive contributions from a lot of different places in the lineup. And that makes you hard to defend. And it also means that if the first line, for example, is not coming up big or not having a good game, your second line can chip in. Uh, the fact that a guy like Derek Brassard, who is a career, you know, third line forward, let's say, occasionally moving up to the second line, but realistically, a guy like Brassard is a bottom six forward, and yet he has a five-game goal-scoring streak. That's the kind of thing that happens on winning teams. Your players, different players get hot at different times, they help each other out, and, and you end up with a good balance of scoring, and it makes it harder for teams to defend against you. Uh, one area, though, that the Islanders have struggled in a little bit is the face-off circle. And you look at the statistics here. Uh, Matthew Barzal, 49 face-offs won, 76 lost. That's not a great percentage. Brock Nelson uh, won 103 face-offs, but has lost 126. Uh you know, Anders Lee, nine faceoffs, one fourteen lost. Only a couple of players really uh, have winning faceoff percentages, and they haven't taken all that many faceoffs. Josh Bailey is one seventeen while losing fourteen, and Derek Brassard, again, you know, not known for his goal scoring prowess, but here is a guy who, in addition to being physical and positionally sound, has won. Uh, let's say 53% roughly of his face-offs on the season. Uh, and that's a big help. 64 wins, 59 losses right now for Broussard. Uh, the real, you know, strength, basically, who the guy they can count on also to win face-offs, Casey Sezika, 62 face-off wins against only 46 face-off losses. So it looks like, you know, the the third and fourth line guys are the ones who seem more likely to win faceoffs, And that's also important because, you know, when your bottom six forward lines, you know, your bottom six forwards start off with the puck, you know, that allows them to pin the opponent deep, to get into their forecheck, and it allows them to play their game more effectively rather than playing back on their heels. So, you know, overall, the Islanders are struggling a little bit in the face-off circle. It's an area that they would like to improve upon uh, as the season goes on. But so far, they've been able to overcome that and, uh, you know, find ways to win hockey games, even though, you know, possession of the puck is considered so important. And they're not always starting with possession of the puck. But the Islanders, being a physical team, they will hit. They are positionally sound, and they find ways to get the puck back. And And here's the other thing that I think is a big reason for the Islanders' success, and that is that they play such positionally sound hockey that even though opponents get a decent number of shots against the Islanders, they're not high-percentage shots. 
their shots from bad angles, and as a result, not a lot of rebounds, not a lot of second chances, and that is as good as a turnover. If if the opposing team is taking a bad angle shot or a, a shot from the perimeter, uh, a low percentage shot, and your goalie makes the save, and you get the rebound, you know, 75% of the time, that's a turnover. That gives your team possession of the puck and allows your team to start out and, and move the puck into the offensive zone. So, you know, that's another reason that the Islanders are able to win hockey games, even though they are outshot and even though they are not a great face-off team, at least not at this early juncture in the season. All right, we are going to come back and preview the Islanders' upcoming game tonight against the Ottawa Senators at the Barclays Center. All this and more when we come back on Locked On Islanders. All right, we are back here at Locked On Islanders. I'm your host, Gil Martin, and we're going to preview tonight's game for the Islanders hosting the Ottawa Senators at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, the first game in Brooklyn this season. And Ottawa coming in now in next to last place in the Atlantic Division after their win last night against the Rangers. Ottawa just 4-8-1, nine points in 13 games. The big problem for the Senators, realistically, has been offense. They are next to last in the league in goals scored with 31 in 13 games. And their power play coming into last night was an abysmal 4.8%, which ranks them dead last in the National Hockey League. And that's a big problem. Now, last night, the Senators beat the Rangers at Madison Square Garden 6-2. And not only did... Uh, Ottawa win that game. They got a pair of power play goals, won by Tyler Ennis uh, in the first period, late in the first period, that put Ottawa ahead 2-1. to one. Uh, and, and then Vladislav Nemestikov scored a power play goal early in the third period that gave Ottawa their final 6-2 to two margin. So the Senators coming off a very strong game uh, even though they have struggled throughout the season. Anders Nielsen played goal for Ottawa last night. That most likely means that Craig Anderson will be in goal uh, against the Islanders tonight. Anderson comes in with a 2-5 and five record in seven uh, starts, eight games altogether, a goals against average of 3.09 and a save percentage of 9-0-0 even. Uh, he has yet to uh, earn a shutout and has allowed two empty net goals. So uh, Anderson most likely going to get the start. The Islanders, uh, they've been alternating goaltenders, as we mentioned, throughout the season. And it is, uh, if that pattern continues, Tomas Grice will be in goal for the Islanders. The Islanders still looking to get more production from their top line, which has been very, very good as of late. Meanwhile, if we're looking at the Senators, Connor Brown right now, their leading scorer, uh, coming into last night with 11 points in 12 games. We talked a little bit about Vladislav Nemestikov. He now uh, has five goals in 11 games. 
Chris Tierney and Anthony Duclair, also dangerous players for the Ottawa Senators. And again, you know, their big problem has been a struggle to score goals. Right now, Ottawa now tied with Detroit uh, for seventh place in the uh, Atlantic Division, but they have two games in hand on Detroit. So technically, Ottawa seventh place ahead of the Detroit Red Wings. The Islanders need to make sure that the newly awakened Ottawa power play does not have the same kind of success that they did last night against the Rangers. Again, the power play coming into last night, 31st or last in the league. Meanwhile, the penalty-killing situation, Ottawa 21st, so in the bottom third with a 79.2% penalty kill rate. Uh, The Islanders should be able to take advantage. They are a better team than the Senators, and they should have an advantage, you think, uh, in this game coming up. The key for the Islanders, once again, will be to play a stout defensive game to be positionally sound and, in part, not to take the Ottawa Senators for granted. That is something that you just cannot afford to do in the National Hockey League. And I think the Rangers learned that lesson on Monday night at home that, you know, you take a team for granted, they can come out there and do some damage. Now, there are a number of former Rangers uh, in the Senators' lineup, and that gives them even more incentive to do well against the Blue Shirts. Now, they're all coming off a back-to-back situation. They're going to be playing their second game in as many nights, while the Islanders have had two days off to prepare for the Senators. So that should also help the Islanders under the circumstances. We talked a little bit about Nick Letty and that he was a scratch on Saturday for the Islanders. They are hoping to have him back in the lineup tonight in Brooklyn, but that may very well come down to a game-time decision. Obviously, the Islanders better off having Letty in the lineup, uh, but again, Noah Dobson came in and did a nice job filling in for him on Saturday, and it's always good to see uh, that the depth can pay off. Dobson, by the way, the rookie in four games, has one assist so far and is a plus two, and that's sort of a, a, a big deal for a rookie defenseman. You want to see a guy like that uh, be plus in the plus-minus standings because it, it just shows, again, that he's not being overwhelmed out there. The game at the NHL level isn't too much for him, and what Barry Trotz has said is he's going to work Dobson into the lineup on a regular basis. He's not going to play every game, but let's say he's going to play two out of every five games, and that's just an estimate on my part. But uh, if he can get that kind of action in, get acclimated to the NHL game, you get the feeling, A, if an injury hits, he will certainly be ready to fill in, and B, that as the season progresses, he is going to have a way of playing better and better the more experience and the more confidence that he gets and the more comfortable he becomes in Barry Trotz's system. And that's important because one of the reasons the Islanders win, one of the ways that they win, is that all the players on this roster are dedicated to playing that very 
strong, solid, defense-first system that Coach Trotz preaches and that the Islanders have now learned how to play so well. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Locked on Islanders. We'll be back tomorrow with a review of the Ottawa game, and we'll break down everything that happened as the Islanders go for their 10th consecutive victory. We will have that, plus this day in Islanders history, a look at the farm report, and a whole lot more. So join us today and every day right here for the Locked On Islanders podcast, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Have a great night, and let's go Islanders.